not today. Not today. Today, we're going to be peering into a moment in the life of Abraham and Sarah. And it's from the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And I'm actually going to read the passage, and I want to draw out a few things for both you kids and grown-ups, okay? This is what Genesis tells us. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mam. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abram, Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. And then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and roasted meat and served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. Oh, she's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? And then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh, but the Lord said, no, you laughed. And then two chapters later in Genesis chapter 21, the Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened just as the... Uh, just as the time God said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. So this is from Abraham and Sarah. And so Abraham is in his tent, and Abraham and Sarah are married. Now, you need to know something about the way marriage worked back a long time ago. These days, Boys and girls, we tell a story in America and about how people get married. And the story usually goes like this. A young man and a young woman met each other and they fell in love. And they decided that they wanted to get married, right? Some version of that story. Well, way back in this culture and in this time, most people got married because their family and another family got together and decided, you know what? They're going to be good for each other. And they're gonna, that's going to be good for our two families, so they're going to get married. And the only reason you got married was to do one thing, have babies. And so Abraham and Sarah are married, and they've been married, and they've been married, and they've been married, and they don't have babies. And so there's a lot of shame associated with that. Now, the other thing that's going on around this time is that all of the people who lived in this area of the Middle East 
the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the, the, uh, all of the ites and, you know, those kinds of people, they were polytheists, meaning uh, they had a God that they believed made the rain. And then they had a God that they believed caused things to grow in the earth. And then they had a God that believed that would help them when they had to go to battle with somebody. And so when Abraham is called out of Ur to make this uh, long trek, I often wonder if one of the things going through early Abraham's mind is, oh, this is the God who makes babies. And so I'm going to follow him and I'm going to have children because God's made me this promise that my descendants will be as numerous as the stars. And of course, as Abraham goes and trusts God, he sees more and more of who God is, but, but he takes that step of faith. And, and yet it's been years and years and there have not been any kids. So he sees these three people. Now in the biblical text, moms and dads, some strange things are going on. Who are these three people? Abraham talks to one of them as though it's the Lord God himself. And there's definitely a quality about these men as like they have the appearance of men, but they're not really men. So what's going on? We don't know, right? The author doesn't exactly spell it out for us. But Abraham bows low the way you would to a king or to a deity. And then he has to tell Sarah to make bread. Now, because you and I are Americans, we live differently than they did back then. So I don't know about you, but when there's no food at the Vanderpool house, it means that Max or Jenny or Jillian didn't go to Kroger that week or in the last few days. Mom, Dad, we're out of milk. Oh, my goodness, crisis. We're out of milk. Oh, red alert. Back then, it was expected that you would always have bread ready every single day because you never knew when somebody would come by for a visit. And so you always had bread. And so all of the people from the Middle East and collective cultures that read this passage, they read Sarah, who doesn't have bread ready, and then who doesn't go out and hang out with the guests. She stays in the tent. So the author is painting Sarah out to be kind of a bit hostile, not exactly a really good host. And Abraham is presented as the good host. And yet in all of this, the men uh, and the one man tells Abraham, in spite of the fact that you didn't have bread, in spite of the fact that we haven't had hospitality the way we might have, have expected, your wife, Sarah, will have a kid a year from today. So one of the things we're supposed to see in the passage is that God is gracious and God is generous, okay? And so Abraham receives that promise and trusts again that God will do what he said he was going to do. Here's the thing for you and for me. Oftentimes, we feel like God has made a promise to us that we've read in Scripture we feel like God's called us to do something, something specific. And then there's that moment and six months pass, a year passes, a decade passes, a lifetime passes. And in that journey of waiting and trusting, there's a part of you and that there's a part of me that just like Sarah is going to look for ways to make things happen on our own just like Abraham, going to look to make things happen on our own. Maybe I didn't hear God right. Maybe I can't really trust God. 
Maybe I don't know, right? And so those things play out. And one of the things we see in Genesis chapter 18, chapter 19, 20, and 21 is that God is gracious and generous, and God always keeps his promises. And so that's the big idea out of today. Trust God even when you have to wait. Trust God even when you have to wait, okay? I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have had to wait longer than I thought I had to wait for something. Grown-ups, can I ask you a question? Have you had to wait in your life? Yes. <gasps> have you had to wait longer than you thought you would have to wait for something? Oh, yes. yes. Okay. But God is trustworthy. And one of the biggest ways that we see that is through the person and work of Jesus Christ, right? You see this connection between Abraham and the priest, and Jesus is the perfect king, the perfect priest, right? He, the perfect sacrifice. And so God, in sending his son, born in Bethlehem, crucified outside of Jerusalem, raised from the dead three days later, God keeps his promises. And we, as Christians today, we're still waiting. I don't know if you know this, but the guy who rose from the dead outside of Jerusalem, he said he's coming back. And that was over, that was nearly 2,000 years ago. We've been waiting once again, okay? So I'm gonna pray for us, and then I got a question I want you to think about and talk about with the people that you came with. Father, we acknowledge that sometimes it's hard to wait. And I used to think that the church was such a big improvement on Israel, and the more I look at us, and the more I look at Israel, and the more I look at about how you work, the more I think, well, good gravy, we're just the same. We trust you until we don't trust you, and then we get into awful circumstances, and then we cry out and asking you to deliver us, and then you're gracious all over again. Father, you are good, and we can trust you. Help us to have faith and confidence that you will do what you say. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.